So we're, we're talking about everything, not just entrepreneurship. We're talking about education. We're talking about lifestyle of, of like how we grew up and, you know, and, and how we have pressures from our family. And sometimes that like kind of pushes, pushes us back to not want to level up. And so that's the thing about Bella. It's, it's a raw platform where we do need to talk about some things and we need, we need to put it out there if we want to level up and grow as a community, right? Mm. Like, we need to. We need to break down those barriers. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that reimagines what society considers normal. Each week, I interview different guests about the topics they're most passionate about. And this week, I had the opportunity to interview Vanessa Nevarez. Vanessa is a news editor, an Emmy Award winner, and the CEO of Vela, a company that empowers Latinx and queens of color and that brings together culture and e-commerce. We discuss her vision for the company, why she founded Vela, what women empowerment means to her, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Without further ado, my name is Xavier Diaz, and you are now listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast. You're listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast. A show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought-provoking moments that make up our lives. My name's Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story. you a proper into introduction to everyone um so i am here with vanessa nevarez uh the ceo of vela as well as a news editor and an emmy award winner according to your profile so hey big ups to that what's going on vanessa how are you good good thank you thank you and yes you know there's pictures i can prove that i got an emmy <laughs> we definitely but, um, have to talk about that i, I want to hear all about definitely. that and vela and everything so tell me Give uh, everybody a little introduction. Who are you and what's going on? So I am Vanessa Nevarez. Um, for those who can't pronounce it, it's Nevarez. Um, but mm-hmm. yes, it's Nevarez. And I am a border town girl, grown up in the border by Tijuana and San Diego up until I was 18. Um, and really kind of in the hood and I'm proud to say that it's there's no shame in that and mm-hmm. from there on you know I've my love has been journalism I've done journalism my whole life since I was 13 and um, from there I'm now venturing off onto different things different entrepreneurial journeys so I'm super excited about that and so it's kind of interesting because all my love and my attention has been towards journalism my whole life mm-hmm. and um it, it just kind of clicked one day. I was like, wait, there's still more in me to give. There's still more things to do with my life and for the community. And so that's how Vela came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, Vela, if you all know in Spanish, Verla is to see her, to look at her. And so Vela is a Spanglish derivative of it. Um, to, you know, it's an, an empowering name it's an empowering term. It's almost like demanding to look at them. And it's not just her. I mean, Bella's all inclusive. So um, that's something that we can we can talk about in a bit, you know, but um, Bella definitely started because I wanted to start a business and coming from a journalism background, I had no business bone in me at the time. And I was just like, how do I where do I go? How do I do this? It's like when you're trying to ride a bike, like you're like, yeah, wait, yeah. one foot forward and you keep on pushing forward. Like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up, you know, looking for resources and mentors. And I did the whole route that I'm sure a lot of Latina business owners out there and Latinx business owners do is that they start Googling. And course, I found, yeah, YouTubing. And I found like, <laughs> I found like the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I found like government resource websites and they were like so clean and they were so just like dry and 
I don't know. I feel like those websites and those resources were geared more towards people that are older Hispanics. So Hispanic people. So like, um, <clears throat> you know, like, I don't want to say this, but like our fathers and our mothers and yeah. our grandparents and the Chicano era, like, you know, from the seventies, I feel like those resources were geared towards, towards them. And so I, I said, wait, like, this is harder. Like I know starting a business is hard. I know that like, it's not, you know, a piece of pie, but it definitely, I was like, why is this even harder for mm -hmm. me? Someone who's had the privilege to go to school, to get my degree, to be considered someone who knows a lot of different networks. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, whoa. So if this is happening to me, a college educated Latina with that privilege and the, the privilege of speaking English, I can't imagine how it's been for all the Latinx people before me, mm -hmm. you know, the Latinx community. And when I say Latinx, I mean everybody. I mean, I'm talking about the LGBTQ community. I'm talking about Afro Latinas, Afro Latinos. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, um, Hispanic people or Central American people or South American people that don't have the privilege of documents or citizenship. And so I said, you know what? No, like if, if it's hard for me, I can't imagine for them. And that's how Vela started. I said, mm -hmm. let me put on hold the other business idea that I had because mm -hmm. I did have a business idea. <laughs> Before Vela? Yes, okay. I did. And so, and I'm still going to do that. Um, business, but right now my priority is helping the community, and so I, I will still still do the other business, but that will come in time. Right now, it's really kind of helping up, you know, rise up the rest of the people. Um, and I think when people first meet me, it's like, oh, she's a journalist, or oh, she works in journalism, like she she knows nothing, or like you know, or like it's kind of like. Oh yeah, like I'll use her as a reference, like when I want to promote my business. But I'm like, no, like I know a lot of people. I know I, I, I I'm like a directory of networks. Mm -hmm. So um, thankfully, as I've been branding myself and Bella, because something that I didn't tell you is that Bella is brand new. It's a baby. <laughs> I, I saw. I, I thought. I figured that because I went on the Instagram. And there's only like nine posts on there, and then I went on the website link that's on, in the profile, and I didn't see any any products or anything yet. So I figured this has just been started, and it's it's yeah. been probably in the works for a while, though, right? Well, no. <laughs> so, no, not even. <laughs> no, not even. So um, it's funny that you asked that because I was I was like trying to think how I was going to describe this because the wanting to start a business has been in me in my head for like the last five years. Mm -hmm. But Vela, the concept of Vela, and the idea of Vela, um, really happened last year around this time. <laughs> so it it happened where one day I said, "Okay, this is what I'm doing." And um, I don't have the time or the money right now to go back and get my master's in business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, well, what do I got to do? And I'm like, I got to be a hustler, right? <laughs> I got to I gotta hustle my way. And that's what, you know, my life has taught me when I was younger. And so oh, I didn't write it down, but I can tell you, I probably went to whew, more than... 40 entrepreneur events last year mm -hmm. like yeah that's crazy uh, i mean but you got to get out there and just yeah it, it sounds like you're already good at, at like networking you said yeah yeah so, so that's mm -hmm. that's the thing like i it's it's vela is a network of networks so mm -hmm. um under vela it's an umbrella where there's other networks that you know people latinx community will have access to um, and also it's, it's an educational platform. It's, it's something digestible for my community. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about, um, in, in over text is code switching, right? Like it, it's so important when you end up leaving your nest or your community or your hood, when you go out to the world and you get out of your bubble, it's it's that world that you face where you're like, oh crap, there's all these people with suits. There's all these people that don't look like me and don't talk like me. Yeah. And you just get overwhelmed, right? It's like a culture shock. So you learn really quickly 
like, oh, well, I can't speak like this. And I can't speak like, hey, can't what's say up? You know, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Like, you can't, hey, gotta you can't tone go down like, the hood. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and then especially being a Latina, like, mm-hmm. every corporate environment that I've been in, it's always like, oh, so you like salsa dancing? And oh, like, <laughs> so you're fiery? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm here because I worked hard and I'm here because of my brain. Yeah, not because that shit of my is curves. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just so bad. But um, yeah, so definitely Bella is a resource, a platform. And honestly, this is the beginning of a movement um, for our communities because there's, mm. a, there's a higher reason for Bella. And, mm. you know, that, that reason being it's really like, it's a fun way to connect, yes, network, meet people, and, mm-hmm. you know, learn something. But the most important thing that a lot of, and I didn't even say this, God, I should rewind, but it's for e-commerce Latinx entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say, so what I have here is um, that Bella is, hold on, where are my notes? Bella empowers Latinx queer Latinx and queens of color where culture and e-commerce intersect. Yes, thank you. I, I, I really like that. I really, really liked that that uh, motto, and that's awesome. What are what are your some short term goals that you want for Vela, and then what are like long term goals that you envisioned? Well, short term goals is um, launching my first event. So um, I like I said, Vela still a baby, and mm-hmm. really this launching my first event or having an inaugural event has weighed on me like a lot of entrepreneurs when they're starting they want everything to be perfect but Mm -hmm. for me it's not so much that i want it to be perfect because i kind of got over that hump already i'm like okay vanessa like get it together (laughs) but i want it to have meaning and i don't want it to be like chunk change i don't want it to be mediocre i want some people to come and get something from it not just education but like an experience you know Mm -hmm. so my first bella event will be coming up in the next i want to say three months Mm -hmm. or so i am working on it and it's going to be either in san diego california or los angeles um, San Diego is really up and coming with the Latinx e-commerce entrepreneur, or I mm-hmm. mean, community. And LA is already established. New York is already established. Miami is already, you know, pretty mm-hmm. hopping and popping yeah, over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, here, when I first moved back, because I'm from San Diego, but I lived mm-hmm. in San Francisco and for like eight years, and I lived in Sacramento, and I've lived in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I was away for nine years. When I came back, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of sleepy." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like with, yeah. you know, as, as a network, it's got I'm that like, beach town, beach town exactly. feel. You've been yeah. here. Yeah, I went to San Diego like two years ago. I fucking loved it. Uh, like the ocean yeah. beach area. It's awesome. Yeah, it's oh, great. Man. It's great. But when you live here, you get spoiled. So you're like, eh, it's like the sun's yeah. always out. You got oh, sun all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I love it. <laughs> I'm out here in New York and it's freezing. Like these last yeah. days have been so damn windy. Yeah, it's horrible. I can't wait for spring to crack. But I really, <laughs> and I wanted to ask you about that. So like, it seems like there is a big community of now Latinx entrepreneurs and like especially women out there in San Diego. So like what what is uh what what's the cause of this? Like what what do you think is causing this rise I guess out in there in San Diego? Um well, first and fo- foremost, we're a binational city. So mm. you get creative, amazing, hustling women from Tijuana mm-hmm. that come to these events. Then there's just, I think there's just a, I don't know, I want to say like, like resources and women that are putting together these events for Latinx entrepreneurs. And really like, I don't want to say just e-commerce entrepreneurs. I Really, I've seen women of all kinds of, you know, business ownership and everything. But um, I think it's just... LA is noticing us. <laughs> I think I think we started, um, you know, really kind of coming together and meeting and just popping off ideas here in San Diego. And then LA started noticing and they started coming. So some of their main jefas, we call them the jefas, you know, jefas. Or, <laughs> yeah, or chingonas. Um, chingonas. They, yeah, like uh, the owner of Hija de Tu Madre from, you know, <laughs> Patty Delgado. She comes down to events down here and then you have Shop Latinx, Brittany Chavez. She owns Shop Latinx, which is 
a platform for e-commerce entrepreneurs. And then you have Jessie Medina, who is a multi-entrepreneur and she owns like so many things. And now yeah. her latest thing is that she owns the first Latina owned co-working space in the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout so, out Jessie Medina. That's actually right, how I came across right. your profile. So shout out Jessie Medina. Yeah, like Jessie, you know, a short story about her. Um, I actually, when I was doing my hustling and my networking, when I first moved back, because I just moved back a year and like three months ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and to be honest, um, I know I'm kind of like going from topic to topic, but to be honest, good. the reason the reason I moved back is so I can start Bella. Mm-hmm. Because Where were you when, living before that? I was living in Sacramento for about a year and eight months. And you and didn't feel like it would be a good place to start it there? No, no. no. Why? Because... Uh, the type of entrepreneurs that I was looking for was not there. I mean, it's in San Francisco, but you know, all that area is super expensive. Oh man, so, it is crazy. <laughs> so, so there's no way that I could start a business there with the income that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Like it just, there, and then I don't have my family up there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's no way that I could get the support that I need. Mm-hmm. And so literally, um, short story about that before we go to Jesse's story, is that I, it was September of 2019. And I said, you know, um, I got to pursue what I want to do with my life. And I, like I told you, I already had this idea that I wanted to start a business. Mm-hmm. So I literally, it was like, I want to say it was the last week of August, 2019. And I said, I'm going to start looking for a job. Somebody posted a job in my network in San Diego, which is the job I have now. And I said, okay, I'm going to get that job. And I'm going to ask for $10,000 more than I'm getting paid here. Mm-hmm. And I'm moving back to San Diego. I kid you not, I was back in San Diego September 19th, 2019. Hey, congrats. Like, like that. Just did it. Get it done. <laughs> so it was it was like a sign to me, like, this is what you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I came back and those couple of months that I was there before January, I said, you know, I really want to like connect back with my family. I really want to get, you know, back to know San Diego. I was gone for so long, even though I would visit, it's not the same thing. If if you've ever moved away from home for so long and you visit on the holidays, it's not the same thing when you actually move back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that um, Brown Badass Bonita, she's another e-commerce entrepreneur. Her -hmm. name's Kim Guerra. She can relate to that because we've had this conversation. That when you're gone and you're Latina or Hispanic and you come back, it's like a whole different thing. It's not just you trying to start your business. It's you trying to settle in with your family, dealing with uh, guilt, <laughs> like having to like, yeah. It's oh, a thing. man. Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. And so like those three months, I, I gave myself that space because I said, I really need to figure out where I stand in San Diego and where I stand with my family, right? Mm-hmm. So then finally, I got to working in at the end of January, uh, um, wait, 2018, sorry, I've been talking in 2019, but 2018 mm-hmm. is what I meant, because I've been yeah. here for a year. So in 2019, February, that's when I was like, okay, we, we got to get going. And so I just did all that. So Jesse came into my life because I was looking at what's trending, what's popping, like what's going on in San Diego? What am I missing out on? What have I missed out on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, okay, well, how do I do this? Instagram, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I started putting in some hashtags, right? Like Latinx, like, like entrepreneur, like chingona, like, mm-hmm. you know, just things like words and stuff that I felt like would be connected to that community. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Jesse pops up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, who's this? So of course, I did a little e-stalking and I was like, wow, like that's someone I want to meet. Yeah. But when you network, because there's an art to networking <laughs> and whenever people say network, they get intimidated. So just say meeting people and connecting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just say that. Meeting people yeah, yeah. connecting. So there's an art to it. And so I um, was like, well, I don't want to just like hit her up. Like I want it to be organic, you know, and. I kind of just kept on tabling it. I said, okay, I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her. And sure enough, at the conference called Latitude, which is um, a conjunction for Latino attitude, it's like mm. Latitude. It happens every year in San Diego. And you got the biggest stars there. Like J-Lo has gone, like um, freaking uh, Nikki Jam, like 
everybody's gone. Mm -hmm. And the craziest thing is that it's a real estate convention (laughs) for Latinos. It's real. Okay. So it's specifically real estate. Yeah. But but you can still just meet. Yeah. You can go, you can buy a ticket and go and everything. But like, it's just crazy because that's the power of Latinos and real mm-hmm. estate that they have this conjunction conference at the same time called Latitude. Anyways, so I kid you not, I'm, I'm hanging out there with with a girl um, or girls that I had met through other networking here in San Diego. And um, the lights were low and there was a big table and there was, they told me, we're sitting at the table to the right, you know, four tables down. And I'm like, oh, it's so dark. I'm going in there. And so I, I sit down. And I don't really see their faces. I just said, oh, hey, I'm here. And so I'm sitting down. Finally, everything's done. Lights go on. And Jesse Medina was sitting right in front of me. Oh, shoot. Like, I didn't even know she was going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's crazy. And she how... turns around. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Isn't like, I believe in God. So uh-huh, I, uh-huh. God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. And so so Jesse turns around and she's like, hi. And I look at her and I'm like, because I'm like, I know her, but I don't know her. <laughs> And she uh-huh. looks at me. She's like, I love your hair. It's so, because I have curly hair. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, I love your hair. And I was like, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, whoa, you know my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I'm so sorry. It's just like, I've been wanting to meet you. I've seen and heard so much about you. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's how we hit it off. We ended up going to lunch, like during the conference. And we ended up talking about Bella and she told me about all her businesses, which I already knew about, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you got to actually but, talk to her in yeah, person about it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was really empowering and cool. And obviously we still talk now. Um, but then that's how I found my niche in San Diego. And mm-hmm. so San Diego is popping with events, with ideas, with movers right now. It's such a great time to be, a e-commerce entrepreneur and really you don't have to live here right mm-hmm. like you can connect digitally and that's the one of Bible's philosophies and one of the things that I'm going to keep in mind when I have events there's going to be a digital uh, access so if you mm-hmm. can't be there and Val is not just for young you know Latinx entrepreneurs it's for moms you have mm-hmm. to understand our community you know we start young <laughs> being a mom right yeah yeah being hustlers I mean, too. Start yeah, young. and being hustlers. Being hustlers. So mm-hmm. right now, my short-term goal is my event that I am working on. And like I said, it's going to be in the next three months. So probably the beginning of summer. And um, my long-term goals is... Oh, and also part of my short-term goal is I'm actually going to start a podcast. Yes, yes, so, you should. So Everybody should when, start a podcast. What? So, it's a great way to get your ideas out there and just talk to people. I you know, thoroughly I, support that. <laughs> well, I'm a journalist, so I should know this, but like to be honest, when I was starting this, you know, whole idea of Ella, I never thought like I thought video for sure I'm gonna do video for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna put little, you know, stories out there. But I never thought of podcasting and hey, a really right and, and do really video, good, do both. Well, depending on how how high and how bad my chongo is, because right now it's kind of a classy chongo. <laughs> <laughs> chongo, chongo. You know, if you don't know, it's when your hair is up in a bun and it's messy. Is um, this all? Is this all like Chicana speak, like like Mexican oh, American? Because yes. the thing is, so I'm my family's Dominican. There's a lot of, but my uncle is Mexican. So my uncle who married my aunt is Mexican. He's from Puebla. So I, yeah, and and, um, I'm dying. I would love to go to Mexico. I would love, love, love to go to Mexico during um, uh, Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely soon. But there's a lot of words. Yeah, there's a lot of words you guys say that I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Like, I that's why I keep on translating because I remember you're in New York. And mm-hmm. I, I do have a lot of friends that are New York and hey, and hey. I still need to go. A lot so. of Puerto Ricans, a lot of Dominicans yes. out here. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. So in my heart, in my heart, I'm half Mexican and I'm half Puerto Rican. Because mm-hmm. I am Mexican, but Puerto Rico is in my heart. Um, just because I love everything about You've been there. Heat. I've been there nine times. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been there once and it's a great it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's just it's it's a whole different thing and every time i've gone i mean i don't know anybody else's experience i can only talk about me but every time i've gone it's like i'm going to my relative's house in deep mexico like Mm. they're so welcoming i've never felt afraid i've never felt insecure 
everything has just been like so warm and welcoming. And even after everything that they've been hit with and everything that's been going on, even like politically, which I'm also very in tune, obviously I'm a journalist. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so like, they just keep pushing forward. Like, how can you not love them? Mm-hmm. For like, sure, yeah. Like right? all of the the Caribbean, like, they're just the Caribbean. warm people. Yeah, they're just warm. I, still, I haven't I haven't gone to DR, but that's on my list as well, and I uh, want to go. Too. It's very similar. It's very similar. Like the vibes yeah. out there are just you know bachata merengue. It feels like uh, it feels like it's always playing. It's like if you yeah. walk off the airport, it's just like a soundtrack to the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just shows like the warmness of it. And that's the thing about like all of the Caribbean. You're right. I just speak for the Puerto Rico because I've never been to the other, you know, places or the islands. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just like, you know, that's the thing. Like when DR, because I have a lot of friends for the, uh, also from DR, from New York, and like very small percentage up in Northern California because there are some DR There's people. There's some out there. <laughs> yeah, there is. And so I, um, you know, when we guys, you know, when the DR was getting onslaughted with the whole like tourism thing, you're like, oh my God, these people, I was so like, mm. Oh was, yeah, that shit was annoying. Because I can speak as a journalist, right? And I work in media. So having my colleagues, you know, privilege and most of them Caucasian, mm-hmm. um, they were like, oh yeah, so scary. I was like, shut up. It's so scary. Like, <laughs> like, you know how many people get killed like here? Like the- From like, gun violence, yeah. Yeah. From literally yeah, going yeah. to a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I'm always the one, I'm not the fiery Latina, but I'm always the one that sets it straight, like mm. in my workplace. And so I'm always like, no, 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 no. Eso no pasa aquí. Like, no, like, we're not having entender? It. you know, mm-hmm. we're not having it. So, um, but anyways, going back to what I was saying is that, yeah, so the short term goals is that podcast event. Mm-hmm. And my podcast is under Vela. And we're working on some titles right now. But all I'm going to say is it's, inc- it's going to be uh, produced in um, the end of March, probably going to be launched in April. Mm-hmm. And it's a hood girl good girl guide to leveling up hey so, hell yeah yeah and I'm, I'm producing it with my best friend who just like myself like you mentioned in the beginning um i'm an emmy award winner and i have other awards under my belt she's an award winner teacher mm. so she teaches in the inner city and she also grew up in the hood like me we're from the same area um, and so she just got teacher of the year uh, for, hey. for her district, right? Good for and her. So, it's important work. Right? So so we're going to do it together. So we're going to give, you know, we're going to fill the tea on tips and, and growth for all those hood Latinas and, you know, Latinx e-commerce entrepreneurs who, who want to level up. So we're, we're talking about everything, not just entrepreneurship. We're talking about education. We're talking about lifestyle of, of like how we grew up and, you know. And, and how we have pressures from our family. And sometimes that like kind of pushes pushes us back to not want to level up. And so that's the thing about Vela. It's, it's a raw platform where we do need to talk about some things and we need, we need to put it out there if we want to level up and grow as a community, right? Mm, like hey. we need to, we need to break down those barriers. We need to get rid of that pride because mm-hmm. you know we got a lot of pride. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, I know it. We need to talk about these things, right? Mm-hmm. So my long-term goal for Vela is that we all networks, Latinx networks, Hispanic networks, um, Latinx e-commerce entrepreneurs, that we all work together in synergy to be able to empower all the communities we come from economically. Mm. Hey. So in in hood terms, getting that paper <laughs> and helping everybody else and, get that and paper. helping everybody else get that paper because mm-hmm. guess what? Like Jesse Medina said on your podcast, you know Latinas are the biggest and the fastest growing e-commerce or just entrepreneurs in general in the U.S. Yeah, period. Uh, and and and, and you know what? Stat. That that is not shaming our male allies. Guess what? When you got home from school. And and if you have if you're blessed to have a mom or a mom figure, who was who was running the household? Like like with with food, bills, like like trying to make sure that everybody was good. Mm-hmm. Your mom, right? Yeah. And your dad provided, your dad went out to work, he did everything, right? But what I've come to learn from my research, because I'm also writing a book on the side that has nothing to do with Vela, with my research that I've done, 
in the Hispanic household, it's not really the man running the house, even though stereotypically machismo, that's what we've learned. That's what yeah. we've been you know, taught. Mm-hmm. It's actually the woman. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it, I think it, it stems from like past, you know, generations and a time when that only one person needed a, a source of income. So you could have your wife just stay home and yeah, she ran everything. She took care of the house. Yeah. She took care of all the bills. She took care of the kids and everything. And you were just providing kind of like the, the income source so that things yeah. could stay like that. And I just don't think that shit don't happen anymore because first off, most people need two sources of income. This is expensive like yeah. to live. So <laughs> and then yeah, and women are stepping up. Women are going out into the workforce. Women are, are becoming leaders, they're becoming CEOs. They're um, you know, taking time for themselves to to advance their careers. So it's a good time and I think it just encourages balance in relationships where both people should know like, you know, what bills are we paying this month? What's going on with this? Like it should yeah. be split. So definitely. Yeah. And that that's a perfect segue to I wanted to ask you what is, this is something that's a term that's like, you know, used very often now. Uh, what's women's empowerment to you specifically? Women's empowerment, it's, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is empowering each other as as females or people that identify as female. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's literally like grabbing each other's hand and walking together and, and rising up together. Um, women empowerment to me does not mean like shunning allies or, you know, it, it means really like coming into your own as a woman and having your sisters there, um, around you, whether that's financially, like you're coming into your being financially and you're finally getting financial freedom or it's leveling up in the sense that you got away from a toxic relationship, whether it's your familia or your husband or your your wife, you know, in some cases, because um, we know we got these male feminists, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, got male, yeah. we got male identifying feminists. And and so what, what, whatever it is that you are breaking free from, that's an empowerment. But there's empowerment in itself when you empower others. That's why on my website, if you saw, it's a CEO, right? It's Vanessa Navares or Navares CEO, and then yeah. it says Chingonas empower others. <laughs> CEO stands for Chingonas empower others. Power others. Hey, that's a it, great it, way to <laughs> act. It's not. <laughs> it's not CEO like yeah, I'm getting my paper because I'm not there yet because I'm a baby. I'm a baby business, but yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like. What I'm saying is empowerment, women's empowerment is is beautiful. It's it's really like sometimes it's sexuality. It's coming mm. out into your own and identifying whatever you want to identify as. Um, and and one of the things that I can say for the Hispanic community, women empowerment to me means breaking free of traditions, Hispanic traditions that do not serve us anymore as women. Mm. Mm. Or as women identifying women, or people identifying as women. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so to me, like if, if that was a little deep, like I'll say it again: it's yeah. breaking free, mm, breaking free fr- from Hispanic traditions that do not serve us anymore as women. Hey, beautiful! And and why keep traditions that yeah are outdated and and don't promote like, equality? <laughs> I love my culture. I love it like you have no idea. And I consider myself binational and bocha. Bocha is another term I'm throwing out there to you. Mm-hmm. Bocha means someone from the border area, border town, who grew up in an English education system and in along the way lost some of their language, but mm-hmm. was able to fight and keep some words and Spanish words and Spanish language so they mix both Spanish and English and sometimes they even make up their own words to be able to still be connected to the Spanish language so for me I actually speak Spanish better than I used to yeah, that's good and, wow you around something... more more Latino people well actually ooh, actually I um when I was in high school, I my parents always spoke Spanish, but I never responded to them in Spanish, right? 
And I entered a Spanish newspaper in high school because we、mm-hmm. were blessed to have both Spanish and English newspaper in high school.、Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not know how to write Spanish. I do not know how to you know, read Spanish or whatever. But I pushed myself, right?、Mm-hmm. And I did it. Then I kind of just like, eh, I didn't, still didn't speak Spanish. And then when I graduated and I went to San Francisco, I was surrounded by so many non Mexicans. And I know that sounds weird, but when you live in a border town, literally almost everybody you know everybody. that's Hispanic is Mexican. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's weird because in New York, like you said, it's Dominicans and it's Puerto Ricans. Yeah, yeah, it's the blend, yeah. It's, yeah, so it's different. But、mm-hmm. all along the border. Oh, hello. Sorry, hello. Yeah. Oh,、uh, okay. No so, worries. Yeah. All along、so、the border. So it's all Mexicans. It's all Mexicans. And so when I moved to San Francisco, it was a blend, like you said. It's a,、mm-hmm. it's a major city. Yeah. And like there w a s all Central Americans, all South Americans, some Puerto Ricans, and some Dominicans,、mm-hmm. and, and Colombians, <laughs> and Peruvians.、Mm-hmm. And so like I ended up.、Um, Picking up all this Spanish from them because I worked at a bank and I had, like, where I worked at, it was a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood.、Mm-hmm. And so I had to speak to them in Spanish. But guess what? I lived there for so many years in San Francisco that I picked up their accents and it's like a blend of accents. Like, <laughs> that's cool. So, so, so my Spanish coming back, like, my dad and my family. Like, why are you speaking like that? And I'm like, Como, como vos? 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 Yeah, yo, pinche is, is hilarious every time my, my uncle says it.、Um, yeah, pinche is Mexican, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.、Um, cabron. <laughs> cabron, chingado, no chingen. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so it's weird because now I'm like, my Spanish is like both binational Mexican and like Central American. And like, it's just weird, but it's, it's beautiful because、mm-hmm. whenever I interact with Central Americans, And in Puerto Ricans, I know what you guys are talking about, and I can I can pick up and I can, like, you know, you know, it's awesome. Like, sometimes、oh, yeah. I sometimes I do, like, because I hung out with a lot of Salvadorans, and so, like, sometimes I'll say things, lingos, phrases, sentences, and they're like, oh my God, like, you're you, Salvadoran? I'm like, no. You know what you're saying? <laughs> did you pick up the coño from the, the Dominicans? <laughs> right? I, I, I actually did. For a second, I did. And I was like, okay, stop with this.、Okay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta stop saying this. <laughs> yeah, I gotta stop saying this out loud. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. So, yeah, That's so. awesome. And San Diego is, is mainly Mexican. If, like, if you're Latino, it's mainly Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I'm kind of sad because there's no good pupusa places or good Caribbean food in general. So,、yeah. no good Central American food, no Caribbean.、Mm. Like in San、But、Francisco, we were spoiled. Yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. It's a trade off, though, because San Diego, I had the best. Burrito, I think I've ever had in San Diego. It was fire. It was such a good burrito. Which one did you have? The California burrito? It was so the way that it was, it was on like a platter and it had all the sauce on it and stuff on top of it. And you ate it with like a fork and knife. And like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to like the burritos、uh, that you eat like、yeah. holding and like you unwrap it or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah the, the burrito out there was crazy. It was huge、that's、and called, good. That's called a wet burrito.、Mm. Um, it, it, I mean, it's good, but it's typically like that's more Americanized. Yeah,、um, yeah. But, but it's fine. I mean, it's like I, Southwestern. Have, yeah, I'll have wet burritos if, if I have chile relleno burritos. Chile relleno burritos are like a type of bell pepper.、Mm. And it's actually vegetarian,、um, but I'm not vegan or anything. But still, I should have been a vegan because I actually don't really eat meat.、Mm. But like, so this my favorite burrito ever, Mexican burrito, is a chile relleno burrito. It's a stuffed bell pepper, what looks like a bell pepper, but it's a v a c i a chile that they call it. They stuff it with cheese and they put it around egg batter, deep fry it, and then they put it in the burrito with rice beans, guacamole, and、mm. um, sour cream. Mm, yo, that's popping. I'm hungry. You got me hungry. <laughs> It's almost lunchtime right here. So I'm going to、yeah. go get some food after this.、Uh, one other thing that I wanted to ask you because I really like what you said about、uh, women you know, empowering each other and helping each other rise and everybody getting money together. So, why do you think 
there's like a there's a sector and a section of women who reject feminism and they say like no we don't need feminism so like in general why is it that some women still want to like not empower each other and and seem to still be interfighting with each other um i think those are old teachings that were really ingrained in them and honestly a lot of them fear that they are leaving out their male counterpart mm-hmm. and because of tradition and because they believe that <clears throat> equality means a woman being higher than a man mm-hmm. a lot of them believe that that's what feminism stands for but it actually isn't no yeah so that's the equality, whole point of equality is that it, is equal <laughs> exactly and so a lot of these women i don't feel like are um as knowledgeable about you know what feminism, feminism is um mm-hmm. and i think you know just like any movement and just like any belief i think there are some people that have given feminism a bad, bad name. name radical um, there's radicals yeah. on everything yeah and thank you exactly thank you that's what i was mm-hmm. looking for the word and so sorry excuse me and so like yeah like basically i do feel like <clears throat> they given a bad name and it's not feminism is not about putting the man down you know mm-hmm. the the male it's not about like we're all going to live in some kind of world or everything's female dominated no we need equality and if you think about it for me when i think about inequality with women i don't just think about pay i don't just think about healthcare i don't just think about that what i think about is the violence towards women in the first world country which is the united states mm-hmm. and the justice system failing these women mm-hmm. like so why is it that women are less of value when it comes to the justice system and this is actually a conversation i had with a ex boyfriend and maybe that's why they're my ex but like <laughs> <laughs> you got to yeah, tell me his side of it after uh, you tell me what, yeah. well i mean he he was from a different country so it's not like i'm hating on him i just yeah. think that he had very traditional um ingrained ideas that maybe he didn't even consciously see when Yo, he was talking and it's so hard to break people out of like roles and ideas that they've had all their lives just being told to them mm-hmm. and from your parents the people that you're like all right these people should know what they're talking about like they're my parents they've made it this far and it's really really hard to like break somebody out of it Yeah. Well, to me, so to me like I said, equality is violence also against women and how it's dealt with. Um mm-hmm. I think we we live in a country where we have a lot of resources judicially where we should be able to help women that are going through domestic violence um or some sort of violence towards them whether it's physical or non-physical like verbal abuse or something. But I think that we don't and I think it's because of that because mm-hmm. women are not seen as equal value to their male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this conversation with one of my colleagues in media and it was like why is it that we live in the United States and women feel so insecure to ask for help when they have a crazy person like like a stalker or you know someone who's causing them harm like why women that are educated have an issue like to pull a restraining order or to mm. you know because when you go and you do these things you're seen as the cause of it yeah, right yeah. like rape like rape or like so you're the cause like they don't take you seriously and they see you as a cause of it mm-hmm. but why because of inequality <laughs> straight up yeah right? i mean yeah it's it's sad and and it's really i think improved in a lot of ways but still needs improving in a lot of ways obviously you know what one thing i i really i don't like I that I've seen a lot of now there's a lot of memes and stuff that like women share where they're like I'm a psycho like it's and like they're they're bragging about being like I'm a stalker I'll show up at my at my boyfriend's house and I'll make sure I know exactly what that dude is doing and like it's like is promoting like being stalkerish and and being psycho in a positive light and I'm like yo what is I don't like these I really don't like when when, when like women share those type of things. I'm like, yo, that's it's just stupid. We should try and discourage all stalking behavior from men and women. 
That's true. That's true. I, I think, and, and that's a stereotype that I think, and that's why I'm laughing, that women like play into when mm-hmm. they share these memes. Um, I think that we all do a little bit of, you know, research, aka stalking, um, whenever whenever yeah. we meet someone, right? For sure. like, and like, that's not even know? stalking, stalking. That's like, not stalking. Yeah, stalking <laughs> is bad. Everyone stalking is bad. like, yeah, once it gets physical, like once like I'm, I'm going to show up on your block and watch you as you leave yeah, your house. Like, that's, like that's everybody creepy. does the, you know, the Facebook search and stuff because you want to know who you're going to meet up with or who yeah. this person is. Yeah. And so going back to the conversation that I had with this person, their point of view was, well, women also do the same thing. Like right now you're saying women stalk. Yes, but when it comes to the legal system and the judicial system, in Spanish there's a saying, la mujer siempre pierde. Mm-hmm. And this is an old traditional saying, la mujer siempre pierde, which means the woman always loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the one so that's ca- <laughs> the one that's case that I think yeah, yeah, the one case in like the judicial system I think where women don't lose is I feel like uh when it comes to child uh, custody and stuff. I do feel like women traditionally get the child because I think the judge sees them. And for better or worse, it might be because of the traditional idea of the, the kid should be with the maternal yeah. figure and stuff. But in general, yeah, the judicial system in terms of how they treat women when they step up to accuse, like, you know, to, to um, bring their accuser to justice and stuff still needs work. And I don't know what your ex-boyfriend's idea about that was, but I could totally see how... Um, growing up maybe conservative latinx parents could influence all that like his beliefs yeah and like i said there are some few bad apples there are women that will lie about being abused they'll be lie about you know being raped and and it's just like in any other case it's like Mm -hmm. i stopped when i was a teenager because i was younger and naive i would say all men are the same no, not all men are the same. Yeah, like, yeah. just and like just not all women are the same. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, no, there's no such thing. And, like, I, to me, feminism is not only empowering the woman, mm-hmm. but empowering your male ally. So, whether mm-hmm. that's your best friend, whether that's your boyfriend, whether that's your husband, you bring that person up with you. You know what I mean? Of like, course. So, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I don't think that you, it's not that you need a man. It's that you complement each other and you of balance course. each other out, mm. you know, and it's just like, and it's hard. It's hard to find those, those, those partners, yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah. your best friend, your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend. It's hard. Trust mm-hmm. me, because you, you need to be on the same page with values, with, yeah. with, with everything. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, um, I just think when it comes to equality and, and feminism, it's really about, it goes deeper. It's it's giving the value to the woman that should be her value, mm. you know? It's not yeah. about, oh, a woman's better or, you know, oh, a woman is a femme. No, it's about getting what we deserve. And what mm-hmm. we deserve is not to be considered property, not to be, you know, stalked where we need to have a restraining order, um, where no means no, there's boundaries. We don't have to fear sexual harassment. I mean, I'm gonna tell you a quick story, quick, quick story. Yeah. I grew up with brothers, mm-hmm. all brothers, no girls. And it took me a moment to really come into my womanhood because I had a guy mentality. <laughs> yeah, you're surrounded so, with dudes. Yeah, so the thing is that when I noticed I wasn't a dude, was when I moved out of my house and moved up north to Northern California, and I didn't feel comfortable walking to my car that I parked far at night because I was scared that some dude was gonna come behind me and like steal my purse or do something to me. Mm-hmm. And and yes, granted, I lived in a city, but like women do things that men don't even know of or understand. Mm-hmm. So like, when I told my brothers when I came back, I said, yeah, like, you know, I told them something about me, like having to walk far to my car and like, I was always looking over my shoulder. And they're like, why? And I was like, you mean why? Well, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, like, they don't get it. like, yeah, they don't get it. Cause mm-hmm. dudes just walk like do, do, do to their car. And like, that's it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, is somebody's checking out my ass or somebody looking at me or like, ooh, mm-hmm. like somebody gonna try to drag me from by my hair. Like, mm-hmm. you guys don't think that way because it's not your nature. You don't but have to, to us, yeah. 
when we go out for a run, same thing. We yeah. know we can't use two earbuds because God knows who's behind us. So we always mm-hmm. got to be alert, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the society we live in. And, and our mothers teach us, teach us that. They're like, hey, you know, like when, some, like when we're little, it's like, oh, cross your legs. Like, mm-hmm. don't show too much. Or like, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. what the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those ideas are, are, are taught to you super early on and subconsciously. But do they teach them to you guys? Like, hey, make sure that your pants aren't too tight because (laughs) your wee-wee might show. Like, no, right? (laughs) No, definitely not. It's different. And you're like, do you have a daughter? Like, do you No, no, I have no kids. I have no kids. No kids Okay, well, when you have a daughter, you're going to understand that you want her to walk in her light. You want Mm -hmm. her to walk in her righteous light where she doesn't have to worry about going to a party and maybe dressing too sexy and like people are going to blame her on that and like maybe being roofied or you know there's like so many things that go through my I don't have kids but I have nieces and to me I think about that because they're getting to an age where they're being exposed more to all these things you know Mm -hmm. and so um, I know what I dealt with and I still do you know and like it's just not okay women to be seen as property or as game or as you know bitches or hoes or whatever being shamed for even breathing like Mm -hmm. no like i'm sorry oh man yeah straight up it's a sad (laughs) fact of reality i wanted to ask you so you are a journalist you said you're a news editor as well what's been on your radar in terms of because there's so much going on and like you're out in california coronavirus yo holy shit oh god what the hell? It's Ooh. crazy times right now. Yeah. Um, so Sacramento too is where they said yes, uh, they had the yes. first first case where he had no travel. They had no travel history because yeah. they didn't specify if it was a man or a woman. Yeah. And yeah. yo, Sacramento, that that shit is crazy. It's I feel like yeah. it's in New York City, but they haven't tested for it yet. But like, oh yeah. man, if it gets throughout the subway system and shit, people will get sick really fast. Well, okay, so coronavirus is definitely on my plate and not a corona, which we all need as journalists right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, there's a couple of things on my plate. I'm actually, I'm a really big immigration journalist and I'm really into immigration and that's actually my focus and emphasis because I am a border town girl and that's what I learned in um, at San Francisco State where I went to. Um, and to be honest, I have immigration and coronavirus both on my plate, but media-wise, national-wise, coronavirus is trumping the immigration, the big important things that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. And it's really like getting to me because I'm just like, damn it, like it's not getting the airtime and the media time and the attention that it needs. Yeah, and and so there was huge things with immigration recently with uh, the new the new public charge rule or whatever, where immigrants, if they're likely to like use uh, any welfare programs, they they're less likely to get their visas and green cards, and like everything is is really big. But yeah, the media, the oxygen is just sucked out of the rooms because of the coronavirus, and obviously. They are always reporting about Trump and they're always reporting about like the the Democratic primaries, which they should be. But yeah, a lot of shit is going on with immigration. Yeah. And and to be honest, you know, I also have a political background. So I was a congressional intern. So I worked in Congress um, that that time that I lived in Washington, Mm D.C. So I, I really have like an inner working of like how it is. So it's actually really, really sad because when I say immigration is not being put as a priority, I, I to be honest, I think this whole coronavirus thing is definitely like um, a way to hide what's really going on in immigration mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I don't know if a lot of your viewers or you know this, but in English based newsrooms across the U.S., there are very little Hispanic people that are employed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually one of the missions that I'm on, being um, a member of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. So mm-hmm. that's NAHJ, it stands for National Association of Hispanic Journalists. I've been a member since I was 15. Why I have big networks, um, like I have, you know, networking skills. So um, their mission is to have more Latinos in newsrooms. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that is representation, of course, but also to bring to light these stories of immigrations and immigrants and just like 
equality and, and injustices that happen in our community. So I take that mission very heavy and hard on my shoulders because I know I'm one of like four Latinos in my newsroom. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm the one with editorial decision making, which mm-hmm. means literally I choose what news is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's an editorial decision. So I don't get to say like, I am queen and we're going to cover this. No, yeah, yeah. I, there's other people that have to also agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle because if you don't have Latinos in the room and this goes through any corporate industry, I know um, it's like it's all of them versus you. And there isn't that story there, you know, that representation. So I always speak up on immigration and I always talk about like, you know, hey, no, this is important. And I always bring up the card of like, this is San Diego, California. We are border town and we got to cover this. Of course. Hello. You know, of course. And so for me, immigration right now, what you said, yes, that's important. What's been going on. But there's so many things that have been going on and people don't even know about it. Mm -hmm. I get it. You get overwhelmed as a viewer and a consumer of media. But then do your own research, like mm. be like, what's going on, you know, with immigration right now and do your own reading. But like basically um, what's going on right now is yesterday to the very last minute last night because I work night side, I told you. Mm-hmm. So the administration had um, <clears throat> the court justice had said that the remain in Mexico policy, which is a policy where people can't wait here anymore in the United States to get their paperwork and asylum in their case Mm -hmm. in their case they have to remain in mexico which Mm -hmm. is the remain in mexico policy so they had overturned that the justice yes uh, the the, the justice system they had overturned it where they said okay you know what no they can cross over and do their paperwork over here they did Mm -hmm. that like on thursday Mm -hmm. so people started filing in to the border from the mexican side to seek asylum and do their paperwork all of a sudden so i had my reporter because i'm the one who gives tells them where to go I told my reporter, okay, you're going to do this story. And they said, okay, so it's the asylum policy. So she was doing the story. She had done everything, the whole story saying like, oh, now, you know, migrants and immigrants in the Mexico side can come in here. Literally at like 10.30 and the show's at 11 p.m. At 10.30, the justices overturned the rule and yeah. said, no, sorry, sorry, no, no, no. Actually, we're wrong. We, we don't want people to be filing in to do their paperwork in the United States. We're putting a temporary hold until Monday. Mm-hmm. She literally was like, what is going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> we we had to get a like lawyer to speak on camera because so much stuff was happening that we were trying to process it. And we were like, wait, 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 what's going on? And it's changing so fast. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, and that's scary because we're dealing with immigration. Like immigration is the most like undeserved, like untalked about and unprocessed in our constitution and our political system where it's always been the back burner, mm. right? And this is an election year. So we should really be talking about immigration and be talking about, okay, what's going on? Like, what are you guys gonna do? You know, mm-hmm. future presidential candidates. So we were scrambling last night and I was like, wow, this is insane. Even the lawyer we spoke to, well, who was on camera, she was dumbfounded when we called her. We're like, hey, um, so can you explain this to us? <laughs> because mm-hmm. we're trying to follow it. And she's like, they did what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that just That's crazy. You. And then there's also the, um, and I'm sorry, that obviously I'm passionate about um, immigration, no, but there's no, also the- No apologies. There's also the denaturalization going on right now. So they created a whole office for it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's not going on yet. But the fact that the Trump administration created an office department to look into cases to denaturalize Americans. That's wild. These these were immigrants, okay, Mm -hmm. migrants that are now Americans because they have their green card or they have their citizenship. And are looking into them to see if they can take away their citizenship. Yeah, if there was like any cases of fraud or whatever, they can go back and they want it. Like after mm-hmm. that whole long process, expensive the, process too. Yes. So the thing is, there's really, they're talking about like criminals, right? Like, oh, fraud or like crim- people that did crimes before or like whatever, right? So we're talking about, there's really no definition and boundaries 
of like what constitutes that and the whole process is really unconstitutional mm-hmm. so the fact that that's even done and it's not making headlines that's crazy to me it's that's really crazy. crazy because that's the shit that you need to tell people so people realize like yo this is what trump is doing like don't focus on all the petty stupid shit focus on like the big shit he's doing do you have any preferred candidate or or who, who do you like for the elections well, um, because of the position I'm in, I cannot say. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, this oh, is true, customary. True, this are. is customary for all journalists. Actually, true. they don't really talk about the party that they are in or like what their candidates are. Mm-hmm. They don't really talk about it. And I've actually been, I've held true to that policy, um, custom ethical custom since I was 13 years old. Good for um, you, hell yeah. Yeah. So I will not talk about that, but I can say that I'm still shopping. So, mm, okay. It, it's, yeah, and that's the way it should be because then it won't get in the way of the way you report news, which should just be the facts and the truth, and yeah. that's it. But, yeah. And- well, I mean, and the thing is, right now, the facts are so blurred in many ways. Um, and, and, you know, all I can say is as a Latinx, you know, journalist, entrepreneur, someone that does care about the community a lot, I can tell you that you all need to do your research and and like you know we all get lazy but like you can't be lazy about your future in the Mm -hmm. united states you cannot get lazy about that Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to trust the media which you know i get it like there's there's all kinds of polarization going on right now but if if you if you love your community and and you trust your community then you should be listening to those community leaders right Um, I consider myself a community leader just because I've always liked to be in, in like director positions and stuff, but like, I, I don't know, like when the election happened in 2016, I never could have imagined that so many Hispanic people voted against their community. Yeah. Yeah. I see signs Latinos for Trump all the time. I was just like, <laughs> I but, crack but up. I'm like, what? But it's, it's, I'll tell you why. Because a lot of those Latinos are from a different era. Once mm-hmm. again, tradition. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. a lot of them voted because of their values in the traditions that they're used to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's what I talk about empowerment is getting rid of traditions that don't serve you anymore. Hey, you know? And I like that. So, yeah, like, and so. And then the, the people that could have voted, which is the Latinx community, a lot of them didn't because they were just so like, I don't know who to vote for. I don't know what to do. I don't care. It's too much for me. I don't want to deal with it. Like, no, no, no. If no. Cardi B went from shaking her butt, you know, on a pole, <laughs> and like doing interviews with Bernie Sanders, yeah. I'm sure you all can get up and do something about it. So mm-hmm. that, that I can't talk about what candidate I want, but I can say that you need to be proactive. You need to hey. do whatever you need to do to go and educate yourself. Like you, like you know, whenever people talk about making paper and money, what do you do? You educate yourself, right? Well, then go educate yourself on learning about the voting system, learning about who your candidate is, who you know. Their that's platforms, like the one their thing. their roles, yeah. their history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a lot of people say, and I know in 2016, a lot of people, young people, said, "Well, my vote doesn't count." Well, okay. Even, let's say, hypothetically, <laughs> let's say your vote didn't count, right? Let's say let's say your vote goes into, like, the null, the void. Like, mm-hmm. it never mm-hmm. gets counted, right? Well, guess what? That's why you got journalists who find out, oh, your vote wasn't counted. Guess mm-hmm. what? There's something going on here. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know what? We need to look into this. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the story gets out. And that's when change happens. Mm. But if you stay stagnant and you don't move, you don't vote, you don't do this, you don't do that, guess what? There's nothing. Nothing changes. Nothing. Hey, oh man, beautifully said. Vanessa, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you let the listeners know where they can find you? Because you have a lot of like good insight into things. The the you know, the combo of entrepreneur and journalist is is awesome because it means that you're really informed and it also means that you are, you know trying to build something and create a community and help others which is amazing so where can people reach out to you if they want 
Well, you can reach out to me on Instagram. That is my primary way of talking to people and meeting people. If you want to connect, if you want to partner, if you want to learn more. I mean, I'm connecting with people across coast to coast on Instagram. And we have dates set up to meet um, in person. So you could go to um, at Bella.red. Red is R-E-D. And it stands for Network in Spanish. So it's Bella.red in Instagram. And then you can go to my website, iambella.com. That's iambella.com. And really like, just find me and, you know, want to learn about what's going on. I'm going to post my events as, you know, they come through. They'll also have digital access. So you can go on there and, you know, watch from home. And if you're in school, you don't have to go anywhere. And yeah, like, I can't wait to connect with people and meet people and just get your input, you know? Hey, hell yeah. Vanessa Navarez, everyone, go check her out. It's awesome what you're doing, and I can't wait to see what's in store for Vela, and I can't wait to see what's in store for you. This is something that's in the beginning stages, but I know it's gonna quickly grow, and it's really awesome to, to hear your insights into it before it all blows up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna tell you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to talk about this before it gets on a different level, because, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who's close to me and knows me, knows that I put my heart and soul into everything. So this is definitely my baby and this is definitely my community that I care about. So I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, you just got the inside scoop to like hey, what's going I'm on always with happy to do it. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> awesome conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much well, Vanessa, you so for coming much. on. Thank All you right. so much for the opportunity. Thank you to everyone who listened this week for another great episode. A special thank you to our guest Vanessa, the CEO of Vela for coming on the show. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A Pretty Normal Podcast. On Twitter, it's Pretty Normal Pod. And message me if you'd like to come on the show or if there's any topic that you want me to cover. My name is Xavier Diaz, and this was A Pretty Normal Podcast.